Venga, helping restaurants and fitness studios manage customer experience, launched back in 2011. They now serve 2,000 locations, doing about 300 grand per month in revenue. That's up from about 240 grand per month just a year ago. Healthy growth, considering they've raised just 2.7 million bucks. Uh, each location paying called 150 bucks per month. 5% gross annual revenue churn, 7% expansion gives them 102% net revenue retention annually. Spending called a grand uh, to get a new, a new $150 a month account. So that's about a seven month payback period. Pretty healthy team of 21 people in DC and other remote locations. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Sam Polaro. Uh, he's the CEO of a company called Venga, a Washington, D.C.-based technology company that uses big data to help restaurants and fitness companies better understand and engage with their guests. Before Venga, Sam was the founder of Petals of for the People, a business that revolutionized the sale and distribution of fresh cut flour. Sam, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right, you're a flour guy. You must be very sweet, huh? <laughs> Actually, once you uh, once you see like the business side of flowers, it kind of ruins the the experience for you. It's like watching the sausage get made. <laughs> totally understand. Tell me more about uh, your current company, Venga. What's the company do, and how do you make money? Yeah, sure. So we are a, a customer relationship management system for uh, businesses. We work uh, right now in uh, the restaurant and fitness verticals, meaning we help those companies to use their data to better understand and engage with their customers in a much more personalized manner. That's very cool. And and help me understand kind of general price points. What's the average customer pay per month? Between two and $300 per month per location. So if you're a restaurant group and you've got 10 locations, you're paying, you know, 2,500 bucks a month. Is the location paying or the or corporate restaurant, the corporate is paying? Most of the times of the corporate, we do work with some franchise locations where they have, uh, you know, the franchisee will pay for the, the software. But most of the time we, we, we prefer to sell to the corporate and get all the locations. And when you sell to one, your, your typical deal, you sell to one corporate. I mean, how many locations are they signing up typically? Uh, we work primarily with groups that have three up to 100 locations is our kind of sweet spot. OK, interesting. And how many locations are you across today? We're about 2000 locations. Oh, wow. OK, so that's a lot across how many brands? Um, probably between 150 and 200 brands. Okay, that's great. And um, I mean, can I take 2,000 locations times that 200 price point? Because you're doing about 400 grand a month right now in revenue. Yeah, a little bit less than that because uh, some have like smaller packages. Like if they're paying for, uh, you know, some partial plan kind of thing. But uh, we're doing about 300,000 in uh, monthly recurring revenue. Okay, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. And um, most of that, you're, you're talking like legacy accounts. Maybe that signed up at lower price points. Um, or they're using, uh, you know, uh, a fraction of our, our tool set. So the, the kind of 200 to $300 per month is if they're using all our features, but some are using, you know, a $99 price point that only covers one aspect of our tool. I see. So 2000 locations, about 150 bucks a month. You multiply those, you get about 300 grand a month in revenue. Exactly. Yep. And what's growth look like? Where were you at a year ago? Uh, we're growing about 35% a year. That's great. So call it, what is that? 250, 240K in October last year? Um, yeah, we did about for the calendar year, we did just under 2 million in revenue, but ended a little bit under 3 million in AR. That's great. And this year you'll, what you'll close out at like 3.8, 3.9. Um, something around there. Yeah. Between yeah. Three, five and four. That's great. Now this will be really impressive. I hope you tell me you're bootstrapped, but I have a feeling you might not be. Are you bootstrapped or uh-huh. have you raised? We've raised uh, 2.7 million to date. Okay, not actually, you know, you still get a little street cred, not a ton. You haven't raised a ton though, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. All right, and why make the decision to raise? Why not stay, you know, stay bootstrapped? Uh, well, I think you know, if I were to do it all over again, I might take a different uh, path. I would certainly wait 
much longer to raise money. Um, but at the time, you know, um, I, I'm a technical guy, but I'm not really a, a, a programmer. So, you know, we need to hire engineers and uh, a team to help us build the initial product. So that was the reason. Now, not saying it's the right reason, but um, th- that's why we did it originally. Yep. No, and you, and you invest in design. I know that I've seen the animations on your homepage on Dribble before. So you, you go and get the right kinds of designers and you, you do things the right way. It makes sense there. Um, put this on a timeline for us. When did you launch? Uh, so we actually launched in 2011 uh, with a product that's slightly different from what we do now. As Like most companies, you know, we, we pivoted uh, a couple times along the way. Uh, we realized within probably six months that our first product wasn't going to work and we pivoted to something else that worked a little bit. And then finally, probably in 2014, uh, we really found that kind of product market fit and then have been kind of growing consistently since then. Interesting. Um, uh, when was the last pivot you said? You said a year ago? When was the last pivot was 2014. Oh, 2014. Okay, got it. So 2011, 2014, kind of figuring things out. 2014, you'd kind of double down on the current space. Now you've scaled to 2000 locations. Yep. Yep. And then we just added our new vertical basically within the last year. So we started in restaurants. We're exclusively in restaurants for the first you know, six years of our life. Then realized we could take that product and bring it over to the fitness market and have done that in the last year. Interesting. And how did you make that transition? How did you know it would be a good fit for fitness as well versus going into some other, you know, you know, you know, mechanic shops? That's a great question. Yeah, we actually had a lot of the same market dynamics. So uh, we have partnerships uh, on the restaurant side with OpenTable, which is the dominant booking platform if you want to go out to dinner. Uh, And there's a similar company called MindBody, which if if you ever booked a yoga class or a spin class, you probably use MindBody, whether or not you know it. Uh, And they both have about the same number of businesses. They both have about the same market share, which is like over 80% of of the market. And so by going to market with a really strong partner in the same sort of market dynamics where there was a platform that was really good at at the booking, but they didn't do so much CRM, we knew there was an opportunity for us. Sam, MindBody, great company. They just bought friends in your area at Booker. Why didn't they buy you instead? (laughs) Well, I think uh, actually Booker came with a company that does a little bit of what we do called Frederick. Uh, but really, they were looking to expand their capabilities on the appointment side. So MindBody does a lot in class-based fitness, but they didn't have a very strong offering on the appointment side, like spa, salon. Uh, and so that's why they bought Booker. Booker had acquired Frederick about a year before that. So they sort of got a, a two-for-one there. Were you in talks with with uh, with Booker before they went with Frederick? We weren't. Again, this is all, the, the, the fitness space is very new to us. It's only, we've only been in it for about a year. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so walk me th- through some other economics. So churn is critical in a SaaS company. What's your churn today? Yeah, we actually have on a, on a revenue basis, we have negative net churn. In other words, our clients are um, paying us more today than they were uh, you know, six months or a year ago. Uh, and that's because they're either adding locations or uh, moving up to a higher price point um, than, than they had at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So let's talk about that cohort. Let's peel back that onion. So before you add back expansion revenue, what was gross revenue churn? Uh, gross revenue churn was probably about 5%. Okay. And then expansion was how much? 10%, 20%? No, probably closer to, you know, uh, seven to 10%. Okay. So 7% expansion and then 5% loss puts you at about 102% net revenue retention annually. Sound about right? That sounds right. That's great. Congrats on that. Um, what pricing axes besides number of seats and number of locations are you using to drive expansion? Uh, it's the, basically the feature set uh, and then kind of services revenue. So uh, we have a product that works really well for small to mid-sized businesses. 
Uh, when you get up into um, some of the enterprise customers, they want um, some uh, what we sell like a business intelligence package that includes some higher level reporting, some more customized reporting, as well as some sort of services on top of that. Okay. Now, just to be clear, the 300 grand in MRR you told me earlier, that's all pure SaaS, right? That's all services. Yeah, we have a very, or sorry, it's all pure SaaS. We have a very small actual professional services. We don't even have a professional services team. What is your team today? How many people? 21. And, and what's kind of the breakdown between marketing, sales, engineering? Uh, we have six engineers. Uh, we have uh, four people on the client services team. Uh, we've got a product manager, uh, four people on the uh, sales and marketing team. Um, uh, we've got a business intelligence person who also does our, is also a kind of our director of finance. And then myself and my co-founder. Got it. Hopefully that's up to 21. Yeah. Yeah. Or somewhere around there. Right. And where are you guys, where are you guys all based? Everyone in DC? Uh, we're predominantly based in DC. We have three remote employees, but the rest of us are here. Okay. DC and remote. And then talk to me about, you know, as you look to onboard a new $150 a month location, what are you willing to spend to get that location? Yeah, that's a great question. And something we're kind of going through right now, but you know, typically I know most SaaS companies will spend a dollar for every dollar in ARR that they get. We've been historically um, under that and, and maybe because we're conservative or, or maybe we're foolish and we should be spending more. Um, but right now we spend typically probably about 60 to 75 cents for every dollar in ARR that we, we acquire. Okay. So if you're, you know, if you're, your ACV 150 bucks a month, uh, at a location that puts you at about 1800 bucks per month in first year ACV. And if you spend call it 60 cents on that, so that'd be about a thousand bucks to get a new customer paying 125 a month. Oh yeah. 150, 125. Sorry, 150. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's great. And where is, so let's just call it a thousand bucks in CAC to make it easy. Where's most of that spend going? Is it your team or is it direct paid stuff? Right now it's, it's team, um, because of our relationships with, uh, mind, body and open table, we actually get quite a few referrals, um, from those companies. And so we haven't done, uh, a lot of actual sort of digital marketing, um, but that's a focus area of ours going forward. And we plan to kind of ramp up our, our spend on the marketing side quite a bit. Do you pay those partners a kickback? We don't, we, we would actually like to, but you know, the way our agreement works, you know, uh, mind, body and open table. They, they don't want us paying their reps, uh, you know, to sell our product. They want them focus on selling their product. They actually make those referrals because it's in their best interest to, uh, because once one of their clients is using our product, they're actually stickier and less likely to churn than if they weren't. Yeah, no, that, that all makes perfect sense there. Um, talk to me about funding. I mean, it sounds like you're about to experiment with some more paid stuff. Are you in the process of raising additional capital? No, we, we've been uh, cash flow positive and profitable for the last year. So uh, we're continuing to reinvest You know, as we grow our top line. We put that back in the business. So we continue to try to operate right around break even uh, so that we don't need to raise any more money. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people would argue that fast growing SaaS companies, they have confidence in that channel that scales. And because of the nature of a payback period, you, you want to go get capital as fast as you can if you're confident in that growth channel. So is this an equation of, you know what, you just want to be patient, kind of do it the right way, don't don't drive like hyper-aggressive growth, or is it you haven't actually figured out a scalable growth channel to invest in? I think it's it's, it's more the, the latter that, you know, when you've um, operated a company for, you know, seven years and you've been on the brink of, of going under for, uh, you know, a, a big part of that, you know, and you come kind of through the woods and you're, you're out the other side and you see the light, you know, do you really want to sort of remortgage your house, um, to, to, to place another bet? Wait, how uh, did you mortgage your house? You, you're talking about your own capital you put in the company at the beginning? 
No, no, I, I was using that metaphorically. In other words, if we were to raise more money now, we would put the company at risk and such that if we weren't able to grow as we expected, you know, we, we would would be in trouble. Whereas, you know, being a little bit more measured, um, you know, takes away some of that risk. Yeah, yeah. Look, this is the chicken and egg problem, right? Because it's easy to measure what you would lose, but it's very difficult to measure what you could gain by having another two million to spend. So most people just hang on to what they have because they don't want to lose it. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're right. I mean, I think if we knew um, with 100% confidence, this sort of unit economics of, you know, for every, you know, $50,000 we invest, we're going to get this out. Then, yeah, I mean, it'd be a no brainer to do that. And I think, you know, because of we, we haven't done that much in digital marketing, you know, we, we need to hit some of those proof points before we really, you know, pour a lot of fuel on that fire. Yeah. Um, the, the money you've already raised, was that dilutive? Was it equity or was it convertible debt or venture debt? Uh, so our first round was a convertible note. We then did a, a million dollar series A, and then we, we did a, a bridge round million and a half after that, uh, that now since converted to, to equity. So now everything's in equity. Would you ever consider venture debt to, to preserve your equity in the company? Yeah. And we thought about, um, like a revenue back revenue based, uh, loans we've considered that. And so that would probably be the first place we go for funding at this point. Interesting. What did you like about that model? Uh, I mean, obviously that's non-dilutive, um, you know, also that we're in more control. So, you know, having to, if, if I were to go out and raise money now, you know, I would be sort of resetting the goalposts for what it would mean to be a successful exit, right? You know, um, you can do some quick math and figure out roughly where our valuation is now. And if we were to raise, you know, another five or 10 million, you know, those guys are going to be looking for, you know, a five to 10 X return. That means, you know, they're looking for an exit at, you know, a hundred plus million dollars. And so that really resets the goalpost for what's a successful exit and then feel good about the, the result. Yeah. Yeah. At 300 grand a month right now, I'll call it 3.6 million a month. I mean, you could make a very solid argument for selling for four or five X ARR or, you know, call it 18 million bucks, which investors right now with just 2.7 million in it, you know, potentially would be on board with that. But to your point, if you go raise another 5 million, so you've got, you know, eight in the company, well, they're not, they want you to sell for 50 or 60 to get a good return there. Exactly. Yeah, no, it makes good sense. Uh, you're being thoughtful about it. That's great. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, I think the hard thing about hard things. Yep. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, no, I mean, I, I always like to, to follow Elon Musk. That's probably the, the easy answer, but more probably for the entertainment value than, than anything else. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Uh, I love Asana. It's a great uh, tool for me to keep track of everything I need to do as well as everything my team is working on. Yep. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, on a good night, seven, on a bad night, five. Uh, not bad. And what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? I am divorced. I've got an eight-year-old son. Okay. Uh, and uh, eight-year-old son, and how old are you? I'm 40. 40. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, I wish I had started a business when I was 20 instead of when I was you know, 33. I think, uh, obviously, you know, uh, not having the, the responsibility and the, uh, the worries of, of someone who's you know, already started a family makes it a lot easier to be flexible about you know, where you start, how much money you need to start a business, the lifestyle you have. 
uh, you know, having to, to make sure your family is provided for, even where you start the business and be able to move. So I wish I would have started a company when I was 23. You know, I, it was something I always wanted to do, but really it took me a while to take the leap into entrepreneurship. Guys, there you have it. Venga, helping restaurants and fitness studios manage customer experience, launched back in 2011. They now serve 2,000 locations, doing about 300 grand per month in revenue. That's up from about 240 grand per month just a year ago. Healthy growth, considering they've raised just 2.7 million bucks. Uh, each location paying called 150 bucks per month. 5% gross annual revenue churn, 7% expansion gives them 102% net revenue retention annually. Spending called a grand uh, to get a new a new $150 a month account. So that's about a seven month payback period. Pretty healthy team of 21 people in DC and other remote locations. Sam, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you very much.